Welcome to the Hand Down Man Down Podcast. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to a very, very special edition of the Hand Down Man Down Podcast. It's your boy Danny. We're back at it again. We got Tim on the line. What's going on with you? What's up, bro? What's up, bro? Not much, man. Uh, tonight we got a we got a real real special episode tonight you know seeing it is this is the month of may this is also known as mental health awareness month so pretty much this episode is going to pretty much stigma to what's going on with the mental health issues of basketball players how it's affecting them and even looking at the good aspects about basketball can affect mental health um you know, I know this is a very this is gonna be a very sensitive subject for a lot of people. If you you know, once you tune in, but I guarantee you, you're gonna feel enlightened to know that you know it's a lot of ball players and not alone in this world when it comes to mental health issues. Right, correct. So we're gonna we're gonna dive right into it here because you know it's it's been it's been a good you know past two months. You had had a lot of. I'm not gonna say a lot of guys, but there have been a number of players who've come out saying they've had, you know, mental health problems, whether it was depression or anxiety or some form of OCD. But we never, we never really knew if any other players, you know, started to have those problems until, you know, maybe it was like a couple of years ago when Ron Artest, but a lot of people might know him now as Metal World Peace. You know, he came right. out and was talking about how he thanked his psychologist who helped him get over his whatever. I, f- I forget the mental health issue that he had, but it seemed like he was able to get over there once he once he got the proper help and the proper you know talking to that he needed to help get over this issue. Right. You know, but it's 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 a damning subject because you know you never know what someone what's going on with somebody if they're having any any sort of issues that, you know, might be unbeknownst to teammates, coaches, front office guys, you know, this is a very touching subject. What's you, what's your take on this? Yeah, I think so too, because it's a couple of players, like, like you said, that have, that's been came out doing mental awareness. So it's like for DeMar DeRozan and Kevin Love to come out, I think more people that have the, I guess have this type of symptoms through mental health awareness or can relate to mental health awareness should come out because a lot of people probably feel like they didn't want to come out or they probably feel like they were alone if they would come out. So I think it's a great, like, it's it's, it's great that it is being talked about and it is being brought up because it can help with a lot of players that are going through it or think they're going through it or what should their next step be if they are going through it? So I think it's really a bit, it will benefit a lot for the NBA, actually. So that's my take on it. So well, that's, that's, I mean, that's a good thought about it because, I mean, when you think about it, I looked up some some big-time stats. I looked at, uh, you know, some of these stats I found through, on, you know, looking on the Internet. You know, a lot of things come from when you can Google, Google cover things. But if you look on the website, statista.com, it is a survey with for a percentage of U.S. adults with any mental illness in the past year as of 2016. And when you look at the numbers, you know, the highest rate is amongst 18 to 25-year-olds. They, they recorded a 
of the people who responded were between that age group who have experienced some mental any mental illness and then the next age group was 26 to 49 at 21.1% and the other thing that was shocking to me was the fact that 21% of their respondents were female and 14% were wow. male so this this is a different this is a different animal we're dealing with, and it's something that a lot of people don't have much information about. Right, exactly. Um, exactly. But you know, it's 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 different once you hear about it now because, I mean, granted, yes, we know about it amongst you know people who don't play professional basketball, but when people when you when you tell people who follow professional basketball, you they might think, oh, these guys don't. They don't go through any issues like that because they're they're blocked off from certain things. So they don't go through certain things like anxiety or depression or some form of OCD. And that can be so far from the truth. I mean, like you said, you brought up two guys. You brought up Kevin Love and DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan, I think he said, I think he said he was battling. I'm not sure if it was anxiety or depression, but he was battling something that was getting to him. And then Kevin Love, of course, was having some anxiety issues where he had to he had to step away for a while um, right. from the team. And then he finally yeah. came out and admitted to it that he was having those type of issues. You know, even amongst even amongst them, it was also the coaching staff. Remember, Tyron Tyron Lue stepped away for a good little while. Right. Actually, um, looking up more about it, I can actually see that um, it said. Standouts like Shanika Hoskar actually dealt with mental um, health issues during her time in the WNBA. In the WNBA, along with um, they had a 60 just with um, Royce White. I don't know if you remember Royce White when he was playing for Arizona State and he got drafted. I think 16th, I want to say, if I'm not mistaken, to the Houston Rockets, and he had a problem with anxiety because he was scared to fly, and they told him that like. It wasn't at that time. I think it was like 2011, 12. It wasn't. It wasn't like a like anything mental. Like mental health awareness wasn't a part of like even a part of the NBA. Like far as them researching and looking up on it, like it wasn't a thing to them at the time. Like and they knew that he was dealing with anxiety issues coming into the NBA. So it's like it's plenty plenty of players that have went through it. So it's like it's 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 it's, it's great that they're looking into it now because. It's a lot of players that, like him, Bruce White, his career derailed because of that. Like, he was playing with the likes of A.D., Anthony Davis, and a couple of other players when he was coming out. So he could have been easily one of the great players right now we're looking at. So, yeah, mental health awareness, it plays a a part. It should play a part in all sports, just like concussion and all that other stuff plays a part in NFL. So um, it's pretty great that they're looking into it now. It's it's definitely great they're looking into it. I'm glad you brought up Royce White, because, Royce White because amongst the basketball circle, we all know, we know the name Royce White. But amongst the casual fans, they don't, a lot of people don't know who Royce White is. So, I mean, just to, just to break it down for a lot of people who may not know, Royce White was a star at Iowa State. He was one of the he was one of the top players in the country at the time. He was he's putting up right. gaudy numbers in college. But it's funny he was leading always leading Iowa State to the NCAA tournament. You know the he's years he's leading in all the stats. 
Like every step. Yeah, he was. He was one of the. Now. Yeah, he was one of the few players who led his team. You know, and mind you, this was this was only after a year. I mean, Royce White only played at Iowa State for one year because he started at Minnesota. Minnesota, and, right. and then he transferred. So just for that one year, Royce White averaged. He was averaging thirteen points, nine rebounds, five assists, one steal. And 0.9 blocks, so almost a block a game. He led, like you said, he led his entire, he led his entire that entire team in points, blocks, rebounds, assists, and steals. That is unheard of. And coming out okay. the draft, he was, he was one of the, he was, he was, excuse me, he was pegged as one of the top players coming out. And you're right, he was drafted 16th by Houston. Mm-hmm. So. They all knew what his, you know, he was going, what his anxiety was, you know, struck, having him struggle to go through. But, you know, it seemed like Houston was going to be on the ball with helping to provide, you know, the right help for him. But through Royce White's eyes, they he didn't receive that help. So it was it, it was wild. Right. And if you look back at that draft, it's only like a couple kind of standouts that you can look at. Like, number one, that year, Anthony Davis. Number two was Gilchrist. Three was Bill. Four was Waiters. Five was Thomas Robertson. Six was Lillard. Seventh was Harrison Barnes. Eight was Terrence Wells. Drummond was ninth. Austin Rivers was tenth. So if you just look down the list of the people that was drafted that year, like, I can name people that's not even in the league now, like Kendall Marshall. Um, I mean... I'm looking at this crazy that they had. like that. That could have been like he could have been one of those people that right now. If he would, if yeah, he would have been remember, a little different five right like, yeah. class, right? Yeah, that's crazy. That's cr- that's just, wild. It to just me. reminded me how wild the draft was. Like, is he fan mellow? Wow, like that's crazy. So it's yeah. it's crazy that he was going through that. And then I think after a while he was traded and he was just bouncing from team to team. Next thing you know, he was out of the league. Now he's playing in the NBL up in Canada. And you wonder if Houston would have even even Houston, Philadelphia, or Sacramento, if one of those mm-hmm. teams could have given him the proper help that he needed to get right. over his mental illness. He could have been still been in the league. He could have been putting up some mm-hmm. dominant numbers. I mean, Royce right. White was a Hell of a basketball player in college. Because I was just saying on the um, a website that they said he's considering, he will consider playing in the um, NBA next year. So he, yeah, so maybe he's like ready to give it a chance now. But yeah, back then he was like, that's why he said he just he considered the the um, NBA because he said he didn't feel like the NBA took mental health as like a priority, like. So he was just like he just rather not even play in NBA anymore because he was more serious about his issue than worried about I guess playing in the NBA, which is understandable. Like you can't fault him for doing that, but in a sense, and the NBA should have been a lot better with him with his issue, knowing that he had anxiety problems coming into the league. Like that's the main reason why they said most teams passed up on him. So he would have even probably went higher than what he did. Not knowing, I mean, I would think that issue, and that's so. and that's very true. I mean, once you think about it, but like I said, this some of this spans even before Royce White, and who knows how far it's it's, it's expanded because 
we don't know who or what players before him were having such issues and the fact that did they receive the help that they could have had to keep playing in the league. I remember seeing something on Keon Dooling, who was this is this is like maybe a years ago when he was playing in the league. He suffered from a mental illness, but he I, it looks like on his own, from what I'm guessing, he was able to get the proper help that he needed. But even then, I I know you remember Larry Sanders. Right. Larry Sanders was one of the premier defensive centers in the league, and he was battling with mental illness to the point where he had to step away, and he's not even in the league anymore. You know, it's it's wild to me that it took the it took the league now. Now, granted, it's good that they're doing it now that they're starting to put the right resources to these teams, to these players, so these guys can get the right help that they need. It's just wild that it took this long and it took it took two prominent guys to come out and actually say it. And I think that says a lot about the league because who knows what these guys go through. And then, like I said, a lot of people outside of the NBA may think, oh, these guys make millions of dollars. They shouldn't be having none of these mental illness issues. Well, that's right. where you're wrong. That's, right. that's where you're dead wrong in this situation because mental health can – come at you at any shape or form whether you are making millions of dollars or if you're working a regular regular nine to five job at some point in time you're going you may experience those issues you might experience anxiety you might experience depression it all depends on what's going through your going through your body and what's going going on in your life at that time and i remember you brought up shamika holesclaw shamika holesclaw was one of the she was she was the she was a top top player coming out of college. She was a top player in the WNBA, and mm-hmm. the fact that she went through her issues with mental illness to the point where she was she has bipolar disorder, you right. know. So, and a lot of people are wondering, well, you know, what comes with what comes with having bipolar disorder? Well. I'm glad that you asked that because we, again, like I said, we want to give you guys the right information and the right scoop on what these mental illnesses can do to people. Um, bipolar disorder is seen as a disorder associated with episodes of mood swings, ranging from depressive lows to manic highs. So you right. could be at the lowest of the low at one point, and then you could be at the highest of the high at right. another point. Exactly. So... For somebody like a top ball player to experience this and, and coming from two guys who played basketball, we've experienced some lows, but we wouldn't necessarily attribute it to having bipolar disorder. We might just be like, oh, we're just feeling low because we might have lost a big game right. or something might have happened. But to certain players, it can affect them a lot. Like I'm reading now, like Hostclaw, she had she would isolate herself at some point. You know, during those during those low points of her during her career, you know, and at that time, and it's not just her. A lot of basketball players do not want to let people know that they're having a mental issue because they don't want to be seen as weak. They don't want to be seen right. as someone who's mentally weak, who they can't tough it out, they can't take what's going on. When in actuality, man, it takes a lot to deal with mental illness and still be able to perform you know at a high level so the fact that a lot of these players tend to isolate themselves they don't want to tell anybody 
And then when they do want to tell them why, they don't have the right resources around them to tell people. It's kind of right. scarier in that fact. Yeah, like I actually seen um, a couple months back, it was actually another female, um, Skylar Rue. And they said that um, she um, suffered from mental health um, issues too. I think she had, um, she was schizophrenic. And she was from, actually from, she's from D.C., she played for um Oh yeah University of Virginia. Yeah, played for University of Virginia, yeah. They said she was um like one of the most promising freshmen. But then like she the mental health it took a bad turn for her. Like she didn't get the proper help, proper medication. She didn't have the proper knowledge of it. So when she did get drafted, she got drafted to this box twenty seventh in oh three. And it just didn't pan out. Like she fell out of love with it because like the mental health just took over. Like she didn't have the proper medication, so she just fell out of love with basketball. So just imagine if she did have a proper knowledge, did have a proper medication, and the proper treatment for her schizophrenia. Like it would, I think she probably had a promising career in the WNBA. So it's just, I, it's I definitely, that it wasn't, it wasn't aware, it wasn't as important as it is now. Right, and the fact that it should it should not take this long to finally get that out there. Um, the fact that a lot of these a lot of these ball players they get so much medication. See, that's the thing. A lot of when it comes to mental illness, a lot of people think it's just the medication is what's going to help. N- no, that's that's not the case because it it takes more than just. Uh, it takes more than just medication to to help get over a mental illness. I mean, for example, when, when you think about it, it's more than just, oh, just they should be able to tough it out. Like the Celtics, for example, Marcus Smart in an article for the Boston Globe, he did an interview with this guy when they were interviewing the Celtics. The Celtics were starting to lead the way in trying to help guys who had mental illness. And this was all stemming from after Kevin Love and DeMar DeRozan came out with their admissions of their mental uh, mental illness problems. You know, right. he he said that the mental strains on and off the court, and it, this, is come, this is a direct quote from the Boston Globe, you know, Marcus Smart said that mental strains on and off the court are understated for professional athletes. He acknowledged that there's a stigma that still remains for athletes who admit they are struggling with mental health. You know, and he brings up a good point, you know, as ball players, we're taught to, we're taught to, uh, we got to be able to get it on our own. You know, right. we don't want to ask for help because, like I, like I, like I previously stated, it shows signs of weakness to most people. But you got to understand, you have to, you have to ask for help. It's important to ask for help um, because you never know what could go on. You know, you could, it could lead to so many. <clears throat> excuse me. It could lead to so many guys having PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress, or it could lead them again to having some anxiety issues, some depression issues that can further affect the player's mental state because they did not receive the proper help and the proper <clears throat> proper management to help get over the well, not necessarily get over these issues, but to help manage these issues better than what's than what most players would do to get to help manage these problems. And when you have players who are at a top level saying that they're going through this, 
it's a good sign and it's a good and it's a good start to see that a lot of this is going on now. Right. So in terms of you know mental health, <clears throat> what do you think the NBA should do or what do you suggest should be can be done for most basketball players who are going through mental health issues? And I think like the the more the more information they give on it, the the better. So like if players are dealing with it or are have issues with mental health awareness, but what mental health issues they should bring it to light because like I said, like we both stated, like it will help other players that might think they're going through or are going through it and it's it would like enlighten the situation because we have most players, like you said, they want to be strong, they want to do this, they want to do that, but and I want to seem like maybe weird in the sense that they are going through these things because, like you said, most people in the NBA or any sport are not mainly going through or mainly have mental health issues. So they should like just research it, look into like the players from in the past that maybe because once now, like like how we said now that Demar Derozan came out, Kevin Love came out, like now that we hear. Kevin, I mean, I said Kevin, Keon Doolin coming out. Like, you know, so maybe more players from back then will come out and say that they went through it too, and then it'll be more things that, more stories that they'll say, more things that they did, more ways that they handled it. Maybe it'll be better research. You know, all know technology now is 10 times better than what it was then. So I know if it's more, if it's taken more serious and it's more, it's more better funded and better research. I think it'll be it'll be nothing to handle to help the players handle their like you said handle their issues better. I mean, well, not issues, just handle their situations and their um, problems a little better than what they're handling them now. That much I do agree with. Um, a lot of players have to find a way to get more help, so that way they can you know find a way to manage these issues a little bit better than what is being done or what's originally being done for these players because it's not enough, you know, just saying, Oh, take this medication and you'll be fine. But you know, that's not going to always be the case. Sometimes you might need some help, you know, and it could be in the form of talking to somebody, you know, it can't, it can't just, you can't just wipe this one away. You can't just, poo-poo this under the rug and think, oh, it's going to be fine. And, you know, that's never the case in this situation because some some of these players can go through a lot of issues and it could lead to, it can lead to disastrous situations. Like some players may even consider committing suicide because of these, these mental illnesses, because they think, you know, what's the ultimate end to get rid of this? And you never yeah, want right, to hear. Right, right. You never want to hear about a player committing suicide. Right. That's, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's crazy. so the fact that this 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 issue is now coming to light is a good thing, but I think it it's. I mean, I'm not gonna say it's too late <laughs> because nothing is ever too late to help remedy right. a situation. But I feel like they should have started this a bit sooner. And for one, for starters, we got to stop with this stigma that, again, I can state this till I'm blue in the face, and it's it's an important thing because it's not shown as a sign of weakness because you have to ask for help when you're going through a, in a situation, especially when it comes to your mental health. Because as professional athletes, we 
you do so much during the season or after the season, you know, or just just time in the offseason where it has nothing to do with basketball, you do so much that requires your mental state to be at a at a peak where it's not always affecting your mind state and you can focus on doing what you're trying to do, whether it's focusing on getting better at, at your craft, playing basketball, whether it's a business deal for it that's helping you bring in some income for you and your family, you know, or whether it's getting ready for a big game that's coming up, you have to, we have to find a way to stop showing ballplayers that it's weak to ask for help, that it's weak that you're, you know, letting your mental state go through it. It's not a sign of weakness. It's it's a sign of strength that you can that you can show that you can ask for help when you need the assistance, especially when it comes to your health, because that's an important thing, being a professional athlete. Everyone thinks that a professional athlete's health is just physical. That's not right. the case. It's always a mental issue because you have to you have to be mentally stable and mentally tough in certain situations, especially in the game and, and especially on and off the court. So <clears throat> it's good that they're finally starting to get the help. And to be honest with you, we can start as low and we can start as young as high school ball players because one thing we have to realize is mental health can strike even the younger kids. Like I said, when we was reading those the statistics earlier from statistics.com from their from their uh from their survey, you know, it's they said the highest rate is amongst kids who are 18, 18 to 25. So who knows what it could be like with kids younger than that. Right. So we have to learn. We have to get the help and give these guys and girls the help that they need as early as we can, because we don't want them to go through a situation where, you know, they're, their anxiety could affect them and they have to step away from it, which is good that they have to step away because it shows that they want to get better so they can come back and perform to their highest level. But it also right. takes it also takes a group effort. It takes an uh, organization effort and it even takes a league-wide effort to get this going. <clears throat> yeah, you're right. You're right. So... It's gotta it's gotta get done. It's gotta get started going early. It has to get started going now. And we don't want we don't want to run into situations where players are, you know, not thinking that the team is not for them. And in most cases, when you think about it, because most teams are just think worried about their bottom dollar. But you gotta realize right. if your player is not performing well and it's due to an issue with their health, especially mentally. That's going to affect your bottom dollar too, because no one's going to want to come see your product. But the more important thing right. is that you get the player the help that they need. Especially, yes, like you said, yeah, it will um, affect the bottom dollar because, like you said, most players is different. It's not just one form of mental health. Like you have different categories of mental health. So, like with that player that's dealing with mental health, mental health causing anxiety, it might be like you said, a star player like Demar Rose, and he's dealing with anxiety. A game can get to him, like you know what I'm saying. One, a, a fourth quarter might can get to him, and then when he has a, a outbreak where he's just uh, he can't think straight, his mind is spinning, heart racing, like he can go through that. And then when you notice it, like yeah, like you said, nobody wants if it if you continue a thing or ongoing thing to when 
DeMar DeRozan missing the game because of mental health awareness. Mental health, like you said, mental health, mental health issues. So it's like you wouldn't – it would affect the bottom dollar. So it's like if you know that your players are going through that, why not get the help? Like it's money there to get the help. It's not like it can't be funded. It's like everything else can be funded. Like players get fined and we never know where his money goes. So it's like there's money there. It, it's like everything else is everything else is being critiqued. Like um, Royce White said in the E60 interview that he um, had, he said, "You get, you have players that when you sign endorsements or whenever whatever you sign endorsements, you have to wear that certain thing. Like you have to come dressed a certain way to end the game. Like you have to wear white socks. You can't wear black socks or stuff like that. Why can't mental health be just as serious as you know? what I'm saying your your uniform, what you wear, like that." It's just certain things have to be more serious to sports, like the sports world. Like, because these players are not just players. Like, they're still human beings. They still have a life outside of the, the minutes they play on the court. So it's like the more the more serious they get, the more players that come out and talk about it, the more situations that presents itself through mental health issues, I think it'd be, it wouldn't be a problem to get the help that the players need. You're absolutely you're absolutely right. I mean, when you read the Players Tribune article that Kevin Love put out, you know, two months ago, you know, this is a direct quote from the article, um, and I quote: "So for 29 years, I thought about mental health as someone else's problem. Sure, I knew on some level that some people benefited from asking for help or opening up. I just never thought it was for me. To me, it was a form of weakness that could derail my success in sports or make me seem weird or different." And that's the thing when it comes to mental health issues, you know, those stigmas can still affect the player and it can affect the mentally. I remember, you know, he, he brought it up in the article that it was, it was a game against the Hawks. It was back in November. You know, this is all in the player's tribune article. He stated he had a panic attack. So this is in game. Uh This is in game that a player is experiencing a panic attack and you'd have never thought when it happens that it's it's gonna it's this is happening to me. You know, this is not supposed to happen to me. I'm not supposed to have this because we all think, you know, they're they're professional athletes, they're strong, they're mentally tough, which is all true. But in certain cases, sometimes your mental toughness is not enough to battle certain certain mental health issues, certain mental illnesses. And <clears throat> It can pop up at any point in time, whether you're sitting there, you know, you can be on the court thing and it's okay to going right in the halftime and sitting down. Next thing you know, it can strike. So right. we have to, they, these guys, these organizations have to be better prepared for those certain situations because who knows what could have happened if that panic attack could have worsened. Um, right. You know, thank, thank God that it didn't get to that point. Just just imagine what could be if one he was able to reach, you know, reach out to get some help. And two, if organizations again, we've we can repeat this till we're dead in the face. Organizations have to find a way to step up. And it's good that we're starting to see it now. Like I said, we're seeing it start with the Celtics. We're seeing it start with the league. The league is starting to come up. <clears throat> Excuse me, the league is starting to come up. With some with some more incentives, with some more ways to erase that stigma of mental health, and it's also it's not just the league; it's the NBA, and it's also the Players Association. 
So they're they're starting to take this very seriously, and it all just and it all started with Kevin Love and Demar Derozan. You know, a couple of these mental health initiatives that they're looking to put in in effect include some programs um, that deal with the wellness, and some of that's getting put into that rookie transition program that they have going on. And also, they have a they're also thinking about putting together team awareness meetings with players, you know, during the season and during this player assistance program. Um, so the league is starting to go in the right direction to start getting these guys the right help, to start providing them with the right assistance. And, you know, outside of the league, you could be a basketball player who's playing professionally overseas. You could be playing in college. It's not a problem if you need to ask for help. There are many, there are many organizations who are out trying to help to make sure that you are well suited and well and better prepared so that way you can better manage these mental health issues. For example, the panic disorder information hotline. Um, if you're listening, take these numbers down because you never know when you may need it. It's 864 panic. You also have the National Alliance on Mental Illness, which is 1-800-950-NAMI, which is 1-800-950-6264. There are different, there are different hotlines out here in this area where in, in the country that can always help you go through, help you prepare and manage these um, mental illness, mental illness uh, problems that you may be experiencing. And again, you have to if it was, if i don't say if i didn't say enough i'm going to say it i'm going to say it now <clears throat> don't be afraid to ask for help none of us are superman or none of us are superwoman none of us are superheroes that we see in the comic books you know we all have problems and we all go through certain situations where our mental health is important to us and you have to understand you have to be be brave and ask for help. It's not a sign of weakness. It's actually a true sign of strength that you go and seek the help that you need. Remember, if anything else, you're the most important thing in this world to you. It starts with you. So once you get the help that you need, especially as basketball players, because as good as the sport is for our mental health, it can be damaging for our mental health at the same time. So don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to seek help. It's very, very important that we, as former basketball players, as current basketball players, as youth basketball players, whatever age, whatever level you're playing on. Right. Even if you're not a basketball player. Right, even if you're not a basketball player. You could be a casual fan. You could be an average everyday Joe. You could be a CEO for a company. You could be the janitor for a school system. It's not a problem if you ask for help. I don't care who you are. Just ask. And I guarantee you, you'll receive that help tenfold by just asking. Um, As much as we can get into this topic, I think we've we hit a pretty good amount for right now because this is this is an issue that can go on that can we can talk about this for hours and hours and hours and hours you know so we we but we don't want the talk to stop here 
it should not end with just me and Tim, me and Tim giving you guys and having this talk with you guys about this issue. Start having this talk with friends. Start having this talk with family members. Start having this talk with coworkers. Get right. this information see, out yeah, to them. See the signs, man. Witness the signs. Know the signs. <clears throat> know what people are going through. Don't be quick to judge. Just, just, just ask. Just ask questions. You might be an outlet to somebody else. So you never know what nobody else is going through. So yeah, yeah. that's make that's sure well, people always ask for help. That's well put. I couldn't have said it better myself. Well, we're gonna get out of here, guys. It was it was a good good little conversation we had about this because nice this is yeah, nice evening special. <clears throat> this this is this is a very important issue, and with this being the month dedicated to mental awareness, do what you can to help people. Like Tim said, look for the signs, notice the signs, just talk to people, start getting to understand what they're going through. They're not weird. They're not different. They're not crazy. It could be it could be signs of a mental mental health illness that they're going through, and you never know what could be going on. So just talk to people. If you're going through this, ask for help. Look up some more hotlines. We gave you two of them. We couldn't really give you all of them at the same time because there's so many of them out there. Just know you are not alone in this in this battle with your mental health issues. Just know you have people out there who you can talk to. You, Hell, if you see us in the street and you know you want somebody to talk to, just talk to us. We have no problem right. helping you guys out. But in the meantime, in the meantime we're going to catch you guys later. Remember, always ask for help. Be strong. Stay care- take care of yourselves. God bless.